Welcome to Preston Super Show. We are live, baby. How you like that yesterday? Yesterday's show was so good. Every show's been good, but yesterday's show was so good. It felt so good. I'm talking Cowboys and the Saints, and I'm like, hey, don't fucking play around with that. We don't know what that's going to look like at the end of the game. We just know that, you know, the Cowboys should cover the spread. And I gave you the first quarter minus 0.5, half a point for minus 115 odds when that cashed without a shadow of a doubt and uh, that felt really good i had some teaser tickets also hit i had a parlay cash a florida panthers money line and bowls on the uh spread and i bought three points on it still got great odds and then that cash so it was just a wonderful uh night everything was going great and we were firing on all cylinders so today's the UFC show, UFC on ESPN 31, so it's the 35th, uh, 31st event on uh, ESPN for the UFC, um, and there uh, is one big no, uh, notice here, everybody made weight, but uh, Azamat Merzakhanov and uh, that fight's been canceled between Azamat Merkazanov versus Jared Vandera. That fight has been canceled. Um, so there's nothing else happening there. So instead of a 15 fight card, we go to a 14 fight card. And, you know, I've been watching the UFC since I was a little kid and I followed this sport all of my life. It's a great sport um, in the mixed martial arts, but UFC is the prime organization. There are, there is a Bellator card tonight but it doesn't stack up to this ufc card there are, there's a there's about three really good fights on that bellator card that you should see tonight um i'll have a pickup for you for that bellator card um on oddmanout.ninja before uh, the prelims start at six but this is the prime time deal here ufc on espn 31 fight night and you're getting 14 fights in this card and they're all very gonna be very competitive fights um, we're going to start on the prelims, but the main event that everybody's wanting to see is that Rob Font versus Hall, Jose Aldo, which is uh, scheduled for five rounds. I don't think it'll get there. We'll talk about that later in the show. To start it off, we got Luis Smolka versus Vince Morales, and this is a bantamweight fight. Um, 17 and 7, Luis Smolka versus the 10 and 5, Vince Morales. Uh, Louis Smolka comes in as a slight favorite, minus 140, and Vince Morales is the plus 120, near even, uh, betting odd underdog. So, both these guys are about the same age, 30 and 31, Vince Morales is 31, um, both around the same, you know, they both weighed in, uh, properly, uh, Smolka has a little bit of size, about a half inch of reach, um, so about two inches more height, about a half inch more reach. And uh, he's he's definitely an output fighter. He likes to throw a lot of shots. Um, Vince Morales' average is about 12 minutes, 43 seconds in a, in a fight. And uh, Louis Smolka, nine minutes and 48 seconds. So Louis Smolka averaging about two rounds. And Vince Morales is averaging near uh, three rounds. So he's good. these guys are uh, got great pace. 
Uh, 4.44 strikes landed for Luis Smolko per minute compared to Vincent Morales' 4.39. Uh, Morales has a little bit better defense, 55% defense, and uh, Luis Smolka, uh dodges uh, 53% of strikes. Um, this will not be much of a grappling fight. Uh, Vincent Morales doesn't average any any takedowns per 15 minutes. It's under one. Um, so it's not going to be much of a grappling battle here. Uh, Lewis Mokel does average more than one uh, takedown, 1.84 to be exact. But his accuracy is 37%. And Vincent Morales has a 50% takedown defense. Both these guys are coming off wins. So here's a situation where two fighters are looking to uh, continue to build their uh, reputation in the UFC and get bigger fights. So Lewis Smolka, um, even though he's a year younger, uh, he has more fights on his resume and he's a little bit more seasoned. Uh, we talked about a little bit more size. I don't think it, sh it showed that shines through in this fight. I think what shines through is the fact that these two guys uh, are pace fighters and that Louis Smoka is just absorbing less damage and he's uh, just a more accurate striker. 46% striking accuracy compared to Vincent Morales' 39% striking accuracy. So I'm going to be on the side of the um, the more accurate fighter, um, even though it's a pace fight, and I and I I do think you get a decision here. Um, I think Smoke will wins this by decision. Um, but there is uh some value there minus one forty. You know I'd play that up to minus one fifty for Lewis Smoka. Um, but if if you wait, I think this fight moves back closer to Morales. Um, and I, and I think that it waiting a little bit will be good and it'll, it'll give you a better, uh, price on Lewis Smoka. So I like Lewis Smoka in that one. I just think that the camp he's with, um, is the right fit showed through in his last fight. And then with Vince Morales, uh, with the American free fight MMA association, I think um, that's a that's a good association to be with, but I think that Louis Smoka is just a more tuned up guy for this fight. He's ready to go and uh, and, and and try to try to make a statement. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But I like uh, I like how how uh, Smoka looks. In his in his uh, on paper, but in his last fight, I really liked how it looked. So I'm gonna roll Smoka here, and uh, like I said, Azmat Mirzakhanov versus Jared Vandera is uh, off, so we're not gonna touch that fight, and uh, you can understand why, uh, because there's nothing happening. They've said nothing about that fight being replaced or anybody else stepping in. It's it's it's, a, it's pretty pretty much a done deal that that fight is not happening. Those two guys will not be fighting this weekend. And for uh, Vince Morales, he's the uh, I found out on on a book here plus one fifteen, a little smoke of minus one forty five. So I still think wait. You know, I still think wait on that before pulling the trigger. Wait for Lewis Smoka 
to have a better price and then go ahead and uh, lay the green on him. Uh, and I'd be fine with that. Uh, I'm not saying to do it. I'm saying that it, it would be a good idea for that particular fight to start the night off with some money. Now, we got uh, the next prelim fight, lightweight fight, 155 pounds. Three rounds it's scheduled between Claudia Puelez, who's a little bit of an unknown, just coming into the UFC, versus Chris Grootsmacher, uh, who's a very seasoned vet. Uh, who's a very difficult out for anybody. Uh, Claudio Puella is fighting out of the Pitbull Martial Arts Center, but Chris Gru- uh, Grutzmacher fighting out of that American Top Team down in Coconut Creek, Florida, which is an exceptional, exceptional gym. Uh, where Colby Covington, uh, remember they did that whole little storyline about that? Like that was that was that was you know showing you the um, top team down there. So, uh, it's, it's been good, uh, for a lot of guys coming out of top team recently. So, um, uh, be paying attention to that and, and that association, uh, those guys are doing something good there. Um, regardless of what Kobe Covington said, um, even though I like Kobe. So this is the 155 pounder fight. Claudio Pellis has a little bit of size here. He, uh, stands at five foot, 10 inches tall while Chris Grootsmacher comes in at five foot eight and just all Claudio Puelas um you know we don't have a lot of data on him so it's really not fair but he's only landed 1.76 strikes per minute in the in the one UFC fight uh Chris Grutzemacher he's averaging 6.93 um strikes per minute and uh his accuracy is 56 percent opposed to Claudio Puelas uh with a striking accuracy of 47 percent the strikes absorbed per minute. Uh, Claudio Puelas absorbs about three strikes per minute compared to Chris Grutzmacher absorbing 5.35. So with Chris Grutzmacher, he's, uh, he has a lot of output. Um, and it's also resulted in him getting uh, tagged. So he has a good defense. So with 54% defense, which is very impressive. But uh, Puelas is not far behind with 49% uh, striking defense. As far as the grappling goes, um, Chris Grutzmacher uh, is is not much of a wrestler. Uh, he has a 61% takedown defense, but he's literally averaging no takedowns per 15 minutes. Um, and with Claudio, uh, Claudio Puelas, he averages 3.35 takedowns per minute with a takedown accuracy of 47%. And uh, takedown defense of 62%. So what that all uh, is laying out for us is that he's not afraid to mix it up. And you can expect him to be really adamant about getting this fight to the ground. He's not throwing a lot of strikes on the feet. Um, Grootsmacher is a better striker from the data we have. And uh, from what I've seen, I know Chris Grootsmacher is a, is a good striker. So I don't believe that that's what we're going to see here. I'm going to go with the wrestling um, of Claudio Puelas in this fight. I like him to pull a decision out here. I know it's a little bit boring. The two first fights start out as decision. You're thinking, oh, I don't know about that. I do feel confident in that. That you're going to get um, two fights that go to decision early in this card. Um, 
and Claudio Puelas, let's see. So he has two, three. He's got four fights in UFC. He's beaten Jordan Levitt, Marcos Mariano, Felipe Silva, and he's lost to Martin Bravo. Okay, this will be his fifth fight in the UFC. So there's data on him. And in all of his fights, he's under 30 uh, strikes uh, by the end of the fight. And even in a fight against Felipe Silva, where he was outstruck 4-1, to 70-16, uh, he still won with a submission. So I just... I'm I'm not worried about uh, Chris Grudemacher striking here. I don't think Claudio Puelas wants to fight that type of fight. Um, and you know, with what we have and what we're going off of, a plus one hundred underdog, I like him on uh, at, to win by de- you know by decision. But uh, a great bet here, you know, it's a, uh, a great bet here is that plus one hundred, uh, getting him at, at plus money. Um, now. If you wait, what happens? That's a little bit hard to tell. I would say that the more you wait, the closer Claudio gets to be in favor it. And then you lose that value. Then it becomes where you're, you're trying to bet the prop for him to win by decision. And I don't want to bet that. I just think that's how the fight goes. I'm not going to bet it. That's just because I like it doesn't mean I want to bet it. It's just the fact of it makes sense the data adds up to that but still deep down i think that just a money line bet would be the best place to be in this fight and uh you know it's about getting it right and not trying to be right and there's two different things so i think you want to get it right with the money line bet on claudio puelas in this fight um and not trying to play around with the props uh in that particular fight so we move on and uh the preliminary card where Alonzo Minefield fights William Knight. And Minefield is 11-2. And, and he fights William Knight, who's 10-2. Who Both these guys are coming up wins. Um, William Knight struggled two fights ago, but he, he's corrected that. Alonzo Minefield fighting out of Fortis MMA, which is putting out a lot of uh, great prospects in the UFC. William Knight fighting with uh, Thornton Martial Arts unless anything's changed but not that i see here um and i just like uh the way that they've laid this this fight out the matchmakers um i think that we're gonna see someone get knocked out in this fight i think that this fight uh isn't gonna go the distance you know, this is going to be hard for this fight to go the distance. And the reason that I say that is because these are two guys that just walk around with so much power. Um, the over set, uh, over one and a half rounds set at minus 165. Um, the under set at plus 135. I don't know what you really like there. Um, mine. My, uh, Minefield, the minus 175 favorite, and William Knight, the plus 140 underdog. It's a lot of value with William Knight. Um, but I think that that's going to move around a lot. Uh, and I think that William Knight can become closer to a favorite, but he won't become a. I don't think it becomes a pick'em, but I think it, it can become close to a pick'em. And these guys are about the same in age, 34 years old, Alonzo Minefield, and 33-year-old William Knight. 
Um, Lonzo Myfield's is about two inches taller, six foot, and William Knight's 5'10". And Myfield does a little bit of reach on him, three inches of reach there, which can be dangerous. It's not a ton. It's not like a six-inch reach advantage, but a three-inch reach advantage, a little bit of height, um, and the same weight. And we know how uh, we know the power of Alonzo Minerfield, and we've seen the power of William Knight. And I think the the public is very split on this fight from what from the information we have out there, and rightfully so because it's not an easy fight to necessarily pick I believe Alonzo Minefield wins this fight uh, he doesn't go deep into fights um, and I'm not putting I'm not blaming him for that or anything he just averages five minutes and 55 seconds um, that's his average fight time and William Knight's average fight time is 10 minutes and 11 seconds so William Knight goes is fighting a lot deeper into fights um is there some wear and tear from that? Possibly. Strikes landed per minute. 4.13 from Minefield and 3.55 from Knight. So it's pretty pretty close. And Knight's very accurate striker. 72% accuracy. Uh, Minefield's still accurate. 54%. Um, William Knight only absorbs about 2.65 strikes per minute. Uh, while Minefield uh, absorbs about 3.36 strikes per minute. And... Yes, you know, his defense has been questionable, but now pay attention to this stat. Minefield has a 53% defense, striking defense, while William Knight has a 34% striking defense. So when we're talking about who actually has a better defense, um, and we've seen in the fight against Jong that, you know, William's Knight, William Knight's defense was... Um, Exposed a little bit, even though it was a slow fight. Uh, you seen his defense was was exposed a little bit, and he he's been on a roll since Dana White's Contender Series. But when he fought uh, Don Jong uh, back in April of this year, you seen some holes in his game. Now, like I said, he fought Fabio Charant, and he knocked him out, and, he, and it was it was an easy, quick fight for him. I don't think this is that same fight by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is a lot more uh, problematic because Minefield has a, uh, a lot of traps he can set that can really uh, catch you when you're not looking. So I'm going to go precise. My precise pick is Alonzo Minefield's KO slash TKO victory uh, in round three. That's my precise pick. Uh, a good betting spot for this fight is the over one and a half. I won't play it. I, I don't encourage you to bet on this fight because it's so close to being a pick em. You know, in my mind, from knowing what we, you know, from what we've talked about here, and this is not going to be a grappling match this is not going to be much of a grappling affair so expect someone to go down i'm going to be on the side of alonzo minefield he's got better defense he's uh he's fought in some really deep waters where william knight we've we haven't really seen him tested but one time so i just like minefield in this particular fight 
Um, and I, I, I'm not, you know, there's nothing really in that fight I like to bet on. I would say be looking at the over on the rounds and see if there's some better value. The minus 165, there's just no value. I mean, I like, you know, I'm okay with playing something up to minus 170, but not in uh, MMA. I go the opposite way in MMA. When it comes to MMA, uh, minus 150 is my limit. Like, that's my limit. I'm not going past minus 150 in the in UFC. It's not worth it. There's too much uncertainty in the fight game. There's It's too easy for someone to get caught. It's just, you know, these guys are professional fighters. This is what they're trained to do. So I just don't like that in this sport. I think minus 150 is the most you play something up to. Minus 155, okay, you know, now you're trying to pick on me, but... Uh, only if you really believe it would work you know like minefield's a minus 150 favorite he's playable at that minus 150 i'm not gonna play that i think he wins not gonna bet it just because i think he wins you know you don't have to bet on everything so i just like him in that fight i think he's got the better uh, opportunities and you know i track all my precise picks all my precise picks are tracked all my bets are tracked um, and at, uh, at before the end of the show, I'll give out my record for precise picks, and then I'll tell you what it is in UFC um, as well, uh, because it's tracked separately for that too, so I can look at it separately, uh, which is nice. Um, and Tapology.com does a good job of that, keeping track of those precise picks for me. Um, so here we are with the next fight on the preliminary card. Mallory Martin versus Cheyenne Vislamis, the Warrior Princess. Strawweight fight in the women's division. Mallory Martin, 7-4 record. Cheyenne Vismas, 6-2 record. Mallory Martin, plus 160 underdog. Uh, Cheyenne Vismas, 6-2, which is a really nice record in the women's division. But she's the minus 190. um, Slight favorite. Because in UFC, you know, they like to bump up and say, you know, oh, play it up to minus 210. I don't believe in that. That's against, that's against my uh, protocol. Uh, Martin fighting out Elevation Tight Team. Elevation Fight Team is actually my favorite fight team in the game. Um, they have some of the best cardio uh, fighters, some of the best pace fighters in uh, the sport right now. So it's my favorite fight team, actually. But... You're going to be surprised because I don't like her in this fight. I think that this is a competitive fight. Um, but I just think that Shan Vlismas is the real deal. The Warrior Princess. Um, both these fighters made weight. They're around the same size. Um, and Fortis MMA is nothing to scoff at. Like They're they're just as good, if not better, than the Elevation Fight Team with the, with the um, product they, they uh, put out. So... I would have to see, you know, something big for, you know, like if if someone would have missed weight in this fight for me to be against uh, Cheyenne, like like she she would have had to miss weight for me to go against her because I think she uh, gets us one by submission in the second round. Uh, that's my precise pick. Now, you know, I think just her winning the fight. Um, is something good to throw into a parlay at minus 190. Like, that's something to parlay it up, you know. 
over two and a half is where it's set minus 270 absolutely no value now the under might not be a bad place to be under two and a half rounds plus 210 so that means it's gonna go two rounds and then you still have another minute 30 possibly two depending on what your book gives you before they call the two minutes 30 seconds or whatever before you would lose the bet so that's not a bad place to be risky this is a little bit too risky but if you did that i would applaud you because you're getting two to one odds on it and i believe the second round of when is when this fight over so i would applaud it you know i would but i don't know that's more of a sprinkle bet you know what a sprinkle is let's say your main bet's 100 bucks well a sprinkle is one fourth of that okay that's one fourth of 100 bucks so you know you go ahead like break it into four quarters 25 50 75 100 there you go so then you that'd be you know the 25 dollar bet let's say your biggest unit is 50 bucks that's the most you like to bet it's all entertainment it's the most you'll put on something 50 bucks well you got to do one fourth of that okay that's your sprinkle bet bam sprinkle that on the uh plus 210 that's a good little payoff there you know what i mean on just something for entertainment purposes so now uh the warrior princess if she, if she goes out there and gets a submission like i believe she will uh in the second round that is going to really boost her stock so if you don't have an account on predictionstrike.com you need to go get an account on predictionstrike.com it's where you can trade real sports players um and this is not you know i'm plugging them but this is not a paid sponsor thing this is just um i've talked to one of the guys that works there you know and i i, I keep up with their uh with their site i have an account over there and they, it's a good company and uh basically uh, if you want the referral link i'll give it to you um i'll put it in the in the show link too but they allow you to trade like a stock market but with athletes and you can do right now nba nfl and mma so head over there and get it going and head over to oddmanout.ninja and share this episode with all your friends now uh yeah i like just you know rolling with shay in there you know for the parlay people this is a good spot to take her money line to throw it in a parlay right so that's where uh there's some some intrigue so I, I wouldn't be mad at you for doing that at all then we have uh prelims and we got a really uh good scrap this will be a good scrap jake matthews versus jeremiah wells and jake matthews the celtic kid is his nickname is a slight favorite minus 190 favorite while jeremiah jeremiah wells is the plus 160 slight underdog jake matthews 17 and 5 uh, jeremiah wells 9 2 and 1 so he's got the one uh bogus fight there um jake matthews 27 years old jeremiah wells 30 35 years old excuse me both these guys weighing in at that uh, welter weight of 170. Um, so they're right on target. 
Matthew's a little bit taller, two inches taller. Um, but Jeremiah Wells makes up for that in reach. He, uh, Jeremiah Wells also fights out of the Renzo Gracie uh, Philly Organization Association. Um, and then Jake Matthews fights out of Nexus Gym. So uh, this is a fight where I see a lot of the public uh, jumping on um, Wells in this fight. And, you know, in a welterweight fight with two real scrappy guys, you know, I'm not mad at anybody for doing that. But, you know, I want to go over this fight a little bit for people. Like, actually dive into it and kind of and kind of unpack what's going on in this, in this uh, fight. So you got Jake Matthews coming off a loss. Jeremiah Wells, three-fight win streak. Okay, so let's get that out of the way. We talked about the height and weight. But Jake Matthews is a good pace fighter. He averages 11 minutes and 26 seconds of fight. Jeremiah Wells averages 5 minutes and 30 seconds of a fight. He's got a good record, strong record, 9-2-1. But still, it's not a long fight time. And Jake Matthews is okay with this fight going a long time. Uh, strikes landed per minute. These guys are both at 3 with the edge going to Jeremiah Wells, who has uh, 3.82 strikes landed per minute. Accuracy. Um, because of the lower number there by by a small margin, Jake Matthews is more accurate. Striking accuracy, 44%. Jeremiah Wells with 40% accuracy. So none of these guys are landing more than half their strikes. Strikes absorbed per minute. Uh, Jake Matthews, 2.16. And Jeremiah Wells, 2.73. So Jake Matthews has the edge there. And then in defense, is a real, real difference. Like huge. Jake Matthews has a 61% striking defense. Um, against significant strikes and 11% is Jeremiah Wells defense so that's not good that's a bad sign um, for somebody uh, in the UFC <clears throat> fighting on a high level against someone as talented and as skilled as Jake Matthews is inside the octagon I don't like that uh, statistic there it leads me to believe that Jeremiah Wells is okay with engaging, but he is not defending anything. And I just don't think that's going to fly in this fight. Then when it comes to grappling, Jake Matthews almost averages two takedowns in a 15-minute fight. Uh, this fight's scheduled for 15 minutes, three five-minute rounds. Uh, with a 1.93 takedown average, uh, Jake Matthews is not scared to mix this fight up. While on the other side, Jeremiah Wells... Um, has a takedown defense of 100%. But let's not get it twisted that Jake Matthews is also um, very good at stopping any type of takedown with 66% takedown defense. So I've looked at this fight from all angles and like really studied it, really paid attention to it. And I like Jake Matthews to win in this fight. I like him to win by a knockout. Slash TKO, so it could be either a knockout or a technical stoppage. Uh, in round two, the round two is the round that this is over in. With such low striking defense, it's hard for me to fathom taking Wells in this fight. Even though I know Wells is strong and he's coming off a win, um, I just don't, it just doesn't sit right with me to pick him here. He won his last fight against Walriel Alves uh, in the second round by KO. Now, Jake Matthews, 
like I said, he's coming off that loss against Sean Brady, who's no slouch at all, um, who submitted Jake Matthews. But before that, Jake Matthews was on a three-fight win streak. Um, most notably, Diego Sanchez, who he beat. And um, he's going to continue to grow in the sport. He's, like I said, these guys are um, not not old. Jeremiah Wells is the older fighter here at uh, 35 years old, but Jake Matthews is going to continue to develop in the sport. Um, he's 27 years old, um, and he's a he's a he's a good fighter, and he's getting a, a great opportunity here uh, to put that gym on the map too, that Nexus gym. And I think he is just the better skilled fighter here, and that's just flat out it. I think he's going to win this fight now. As far as the odds go, they have Jake Matthews as a minus 180 favorite on the on the book um, that I'm looking at here. So minus 190 on some, minus 180 here. Then the over is set at two and a half. So the total number of rounds is set uh, pretty high up. So they think that this fight can go pretty far into it. Um, like I said, this is over in the second round, so I'm going to stay away from the total. But I like Jake Matthews in that fight. Now, if we uh, put our brains together, we could take Jake Matthews. And then you take Shayan uh, Bies. And... you would get uh, plus 137 odds. So that would be a good spot uh, for a parlay. A Cheyenne buys minus 190, Jake Matthews minus 180. That parlay is going to bring you plus 137 back. Can't go wrong there. So... And we talked about, you know, Vislamis Shambais. We talked about her, um, how, how she was going to win in the second round by submission a little bit earlier. So this is a parlay that I approve of that uh, I'm going to take myself and sprinkle something on it. All right, we're going to sprinkle something on that because there's value on Jake Matthews and Shambais if you parlay them, right? The value is not there. If uh, you take Jake Matthews at minus 180. Some people are okay with playing that. I don't un really understand that logic. There's way, there's too much out there to be to be fiddling around taking minus 180 and minus 190. You need to put those two together. And you need to sprinkle something on it. And that's how you get paid. So that's, uh, like, like I said, that's something I approve of doing. And uh, it'd be a good spot for you. But my precise pick for that fight, and again, you can see my precise pick record on oddmanout.ninja and click the MMA section. And then uh, at the, at the uh, I believe at the top, that is where it's at. So uh, you'll have no issue there seeing my, seeing my record. But, and if it's not at the top, I'll move it to the top. But uh, it's on the page. So you can see my precise record and it's broken up by UFC, Bellator, and the other fight leagues, even boxing. So... I like Jake Matthews KO TKO round two, and I think he is uh, the better prepared fighter here. Mm -hmm.
If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Sounds good, right? There are a lot of places you can host your podcast. Those other podcast hosting sites love to make you pay, thinking they're doing you a favor. Not at Anchor. Folks, this is free. None of Anchor's competitors make distribution and monetization as seamless as Anchor does. I predict Anchor to be the face of podcasting in the next five years. If you're an experienced podcaster or a newcomer, doesn't make a difference. Get your show on Anchor today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now we move on to Brian Barbera versus Darian Weeks in the preliminary card. Uh, it's a welterweight fight, 170 pounds, scheduled for three five-minute rounds. Brian Barberina fights out of the MMA lab, and he is a freak of nature uh, in that octagon. Who's fighting Darian Weeks is very strong and very competitive, fighting out of Hawaii House MMA uh, out there in uh, Missouri. So here's a fight. With Brian Barbarino, who's 15-8, coming off a loss, and Darian Weeks is 5-0. Both of these guys are looking to, you know, like we talked about earlier, guys are out there trying to get the better fights. They want the better fights. And they're going to do everything they can to win these fights that they get. Um, Brian Barbarino losing to Jason Witt by a majority decision in his last fight. And then Darian Weeks, who has been very impressive um, in MMA, has not fought in the UFC yet. This will be his first UFC fight. Is debuting against a very skilled opponent, a very heavy-handed Brian Barbarina. It's not to take anything away from Darian Weeks, because we know he's <clears throat> fought in other organizations and had success. But now on the big straight, big stage, uh, Brian Barbarina. Last fought July 31st against Jason Witt of this year. Darian Weeks' last uh, fight was back in February in the LFA. So it's been a long time before Darian Weeks has had a fight. Uh, I like Barbarina to win this by decision because I think Weeks is uh, going to be a, t- a bit of a tough out. And I think Barbarina um, exposes himself a little bit too much to, to shots. But I don't think that becomes uh, a big difference maker in this fight. I think the big difference maker is Barbarina's right and left hands. I think that he's going to apply the pressure, circle, apply pressure, and circle. It's not going to be a grappling match. Barbarina's got great takedown defense. Um, And Barbarina averages 3.26 strikes per minute. Um, 
with a 46% def- striking defense. And uh, he, like I said, he ever he absorbs 4.45 strikes uh, per minute. So he's absorbing a lot, but he's accurate, 48% accuracy. <clears throat> and I just like him here uh, against the guy making his debut. And I think that, uh, you know, for a precise pick is Barbarina by decision. Um, that's my precise pick. But Barbarina, just in this fight, uh, when you're looking at the betting perspective and you go to your sports book and you actually get it pulled up, you can kind of start to piece it together. Um, and, and you want to, like I said, chop around and find the best odds. Um, but Barbarina is nothing to overlook in this fight. He's, he's definitely uh, going to come out here and be and be prepared. At minus 130 odds, Brian Barbarina is um, in, in great shape to win this fight and pay off for you. During weeks of plus 100 is just not good enough for me. Um, the over, the you know, is set at two and a half plus 105. Um, that is a great value. But I'm just, you know, in UFC, uh, what I've learned is the most important thing is to go with your instincts. And I just think Barbarina wins this fight. I think, you know, decision would be per- my precise pick to say precisely, you know, but just a good money line bet here at minus 130 odds before that moves too far away um, and gets past minus 150, which I think it could because it started out at about minus 120 and now it's a minus 130. I don't see why that would stop now. So, uh, you still have a lot of time before fight time to get that get that bet in, but I like Barbarina money line here. Um, he just he's just gonna be able to take advantage of uh, Weeks's you know ring rust, but also the fact that it's his debut is a lot of nerves, and I think Barbarina is uh, very uh, focused on on winning this fight. The next fight is a very good one, and that is between. Two fighters who are both coming off of wins, and it's it's actually the lines don't do this fight any justice. This is a harder fight to pick than people are, are giving credit to. Now, you have Zalgas Zamagulov versus Manal Cape, and this is a flyweight fight at 125 pounds, scheduled for three rounds on the preliminary card um, on this UFC main event, UFC on ESPN 31. It's going to be a great fight night tomorrow. Uh, Zalgaz Zamagulov, the plus 175 underdog, while uh, Manuel Cape, the minus 210 favorite. Uh, Zamagulov fighting out of Kazakhstan. Uh, Cape, nationalities uh, from Portugal, fighting out of Portugal. And uh, Zamagulov's 33 years old. Manuel Cape's 28 years old. So it's not too much of a difference there, five years. And then uh, the latest weight we have here is... Um, these guys weighed in and uh, made weight, both at 125 pounds. So uh, both making weight flawlessly. Man L Cape uh, is five foot five, while Zamagula is five foot four. It's about the same height. A uh, 68 inch reach for Man L Cape, and and that really uh, is something to pay attention to in this fight. Now Zamagulov just really hasn't had a ton of success uh, since coming into the UFC 
And the thing that, you know, kind of scares me off of taking him is he's not winning uh, his fights convincingly, even when he has won. So that kind of worries me about him in this fight against a man cape that is very capable of knocking you out of um, doing a lot of damage with a lot of output. You know, the the strikes landed per minute with the 3.71 for Mano Cape with a 47% accuracy. Um, and Zamagulov is a smart fighter. Both these guys can go deep in the fight. Uh, that little bit of reach is going to be telling to see how if that helps. Because that last fight against uh, Osborne, Mano Cape was just... Um, losing that fight and then out of nowhere connects and ends up getting the win so i mean that type of stuff happens in the ufc um but male keeps losing that fight in that first round and then lands the flying knee and ends it and zamagulov is a a velocity fighter he likes to throw heat the problem he has is that you know it hasn't worked in the uh, UFC now in his last fight against Jerome Rivera he was able to submit him in the first round and it was a really nice uh, fight for Zamagulov but the two fights before that he took them both to decision and he competed hard but it just it hasn't been enough and against Mano Cape I'm just worried that it's just not gonna he's just not gonna have enough to finish the fight and that's where Mano Cape can take advantage of the aggressiveness of Zuma, uh, Zuma Gulov and I think Mano Cape wins this fight by knockout slash TKO in round number two that's my precise pick for this fight you know I think you could see a distance fight but I'm not going to be worried about that I like Mano Cape straight up to win in this fight I think he knocks Zamagulov out. I think this is the first opponent Zamagulov's fought with. Uh, like, this is the toughest striker he's fought so far. And I think that is going to show in this fight. Um, so I don't want to overlook that. This is the toughest striker that Zamagulov is probably fighting in his, in his whole career, to be honest with you. Uh, Mano Cape is a minus 275 favorite now, and Zamagulov's moved up. Two to one odds to come out as a winner uh, as underdog. The total set at two and a half, minus one ninety five, no value. Under two and a half, plus one sixty. There's value there, um, but I just like Mano Cape to win. This is not a fight I want to bet on, um, but Mano Cape uh, should come out as the victor in this fight. I believe he will. Now the next fight we move to is a middleweight fight. Uh, this is between Mikey Patolo versus. Dusko Todorovic, a prelim fight, 185-pounder, middleweight, uh, three-round scrap here, uh, scheduled for five-minute, three five-minute rounds, and it really is going to be a scrap. Maki Patola weighed in at a 184 and a half pounds. Dusko Todorovic weighed in at 185 and a half pounds, so there's only a pound difference there. <clears throat> By the time fight starts, these guys are going to be really close to just the same. Uh, wait. Now, Mackie Patolo's on three-fight losing streak in the UFC, but let's not forget, 
the level of competition his opponent has been has been increasingly difficult. Um, it would be it, it's a it would be a tough uh, three fight streak for for three fight uh, in a row for anybody. Um, so I think he's handled it well, and I think he's fought really hard. But he's lost to Marquez, he's lost to Kasakani, and he's lost to Darren Stewart. And then his last one was against Bird. But the thing you got to remember about Mackie Patolo is they call him Coconut Bombs for a reason. I mean, this guy really does throw bombs. He, he really does. He throws heavy, and uh, he's a real fighter. Um, he took Julian Marquez to that third round, and uh, Marquez was able to submit him. Um, Impaka Sadagi, he took him to a decision and he was submitted by Darren Stewart. So he's a little bit weak against submission guys that are uh, good at locking up submissions in his career. Um, even though he's being able to submit opponents uh, three times in his career, uh, he still struggles against submission artists and guys that are good at locking in submissions uh, once the fight is uh, in deep territory. So I don't think Mackie Patola wants this fight to get to deep territory. I don't think he's going to wait around. Uh, both these fighters are averaging fight time near the second round before the third round. Dusko Tortovic a little bit farther. He's peeking into that third round, averaging. But I think this fight's over in the second round. I think um, Todorovic uh, absorbing that 5.18, 5.18 uh, strikes per minute. I think that's dangerous in a fight with a guy who throws as many strikes as uh, Mackie Patolo does at 4.20, 420. Everybody take a toke. Uh, with that accuracy of 44%. So that's going to worry me. 3.71 strikes absorbed for Mackie Patolo. Uh, you know, less, a lot less than Dusko Tortorvic. And Mackie Patolo's defense is 56% striking defense opposed to Dusko Tortovic's 48% striking defense. Mackie Patolo not scared to mix it up on the ground either. He will try to take you down um, if he feels he can. He has an advantage there. If he gets into trouble, he can uh, take you down. Uh, Tortovic's not known for taking people down and wrestling. His takedown defense is 50%. Patolo's is 55%. I don't expect this to be a rolling around type of fight. These guys aren't submission specialists, either one of them. I think this this favors Patolo. I like Patolo to win this fight by uh, KO slash TKO. I think you're getting incredible value here. I've seen the books moving fast towards Patolo, uh, trying to knock and shave off points of that plus 145. I'm even seeing it at plus 130 on some books. So I would jump on that now. Um, that's just a straight-up bet you can take on the money line for Mackie Patolo. The total of rounds set at 1.5, minus 190. I just don't want to play around with that in this fight. Uh, in, in a lot of these fights, I haven't wanted to play around with it. And it's just something the UFC lately just has it has been very tricky to pick the total. So I uh, just like the straight-up money line here because you're getting great value. So it is a good bet. Um, I have it parlayed, actually with the next fight we're going to talk about. So uh, I'll make sure to give that out to you as well. But Mackie Patolo, uh, I think he's in a good spot here to beat Dusko Tortovic, who's on a two-fight losing streak in the UFC. They're both on losing streak, but um, Todorovic has shown that uh, when you put the pressure on him, uh, he, he's he's likely to take a lot of damage. I don't think that that ends well. 
in this fight. And I think this fight's over in the second round. And Patolo gets the KO slash TKO. Not to take away from Dusko Tortovic, but just watching him in his last fight, it was not impressed. Um, so so I'm just going to roll with uh, my, my pick here on Patolo to win. Next fight, Alex Morano versus Mickey Gall. And Mickey Gall, slight underdog, plus 180, and Alex Morano, minus 220, moderate favorite. Uh, Morano's 31 years old. Mickey Gall, 29 years old. Uh, Alex Morano fighting on a Gracie bar in Woodlands, and Mickey Gall fighting on the Gracie, New Jersey Academy. Mickey Gall, a little bit taller, a little bit bigger. Uh, six foot two, uh, 74 inch reach, and uh, Alex Morano, five foot 11, 72 inch reach. Um, Alex Morano, two fight win streak. Uh, you remember him most notably when he when he uh, pieced up um, one of the most notorious strikers, one of the uh, biggest winners in all of MMA history, and uh, that's when he really kind of solidified himself and who he is um, when he beat Cowboy Cerrone by TKO in that first round and his last fight against David Swaba where it went three rounds um, and he was tested back in September uh, but he came out with the win unanimously and then uh, Mickey Gall impressed in his last fight with submission to Jordan Williams in a rear naked choke um, he took Mike Perry to a decision into Blues and took him to a decision. And then before that, his record's choppy. But the thing about this fight is that Alex Morano's in a good position um, to win the striking battle here. Um, everything's leaning toward Alex Morano winning this fight in the in a welterweight bout. But uh, they're both not scared to go go far into a fight. Alex Morano fights 11 minutes and 8 seconds average. And Mickey Gall averaged seven minutes, thirty-three seconds, so they can go quite a ways into a, into a fight, at least second, third round. Um, you know, personally, I believe this can go all the way. Strikes landed per minute. Alex Morano has five point fourteen to Mickey Gall's two sixty, two point six zero, I should say. And uh, Alex Morano striking accuracy forty-two percent. Mickey Gall forty-six percent. Um, strikes absorbed per minute. Murano absorbs 3.89 per minute and Mickey Gall absorbs 3.68 strikes per minute. A 56% striking defense for Murano and a 44% striking defense for Mickey Gall. Um, so the defense is better for Murano. The output's better for Murano. Um, he's got a 52% takedown defense. We know Mickey Gall is not afraid to try a takedown. He's not very accurate. 28% takedown accuracy for Mickey Gall. But he does uh, average 1.32 takedowns uh every 15 minute fight again this is a 15 minute fight three five minute rounds 170 pound weight class and uh in this walter weight division i like alex morano to continue to uh make a name for himself make a case for himself to get better fights bigger names so i like morano to win this by decision because i do think mickey gall with the size is able to make it a tough fight is able to make it a little bit dirty but i don't think it is going to be the type of fight that the Mickey Gall betters think. I think that this is Alex Morano coming out uh, vict- victory with his hand raised because he's just doing more and more active. And I think he's going to be more active fighter here. So the bet I have for you, the actual parlay I have for this fight that I put together, um, 
three days ago. Mackie, because I've been watching this card, looking at this card, studying it since Monday, uh, Sunday even. Mackie Patolo, plus 130, parlayed with Alex Morano, minus 220. Um, and you get an incredible value on that ticket. Nothing wrong uh, with that parlay. I approve of it. I'm, I'm taking that myself, uh, and, and I'm, I'm confident in that. Next fight, Brendan Allen versus Chris Curtis in the middleweight division, 185 pounders, uh, three-round, five-minute fight. Uh, three five minute uh, three rounds five minute rounds uh, Brandon Allen big favorite here uh, and all in Brandon Allen versus Chris Curtis the action man is going to be a good fight I think Chris Curtis really took you know like did really well in that last fight to kind of like let everybody know he's like for real against Phil Hawes but he also took you know, took some shots, um, and, and like, it was still a surprise win. So I, in this particular fight, Brendan Allen, 17 and four record, Chris Curtis, 27 and eight record. So both these guys are seasoned now and Brendan Allen, yes, he's younger, but he's, he's taken, been taking so many fights and, um, it, it's going to be a really good scrap. I, I like, uh, Brendan Allen in this one. Uh, he, he's landed 4.10 strikes per minute with an accuracy of 52%. Chris Curtis, very accurate. 6.54 strikes landed per minute with 67% accuracy. The problem is the damage. He's taking, he's he's absorbing 6.85 strikes per minute. And Brennan Allen is going to be on attack this fight. Uh, Brennan Allen does absorb strikes 4.24 uh, with a 45% defense. So you, it's not terrible, but you'd like to see that number be a little bit higher. Um, takedown average. Brendan Allen is a is a real is a real deal grappler. He will take you down, um, and he can catch you off guard with his takedowns. He averages one point two nine takedowns with a forty five percent accuracy, with a fifty percent takedown defense, and he is is uh definitely on top of his Brazilian jiu jitsu, uh, averaging one point six submission attempts. Um, in a 15-minute fight. And he's on a two-fight win streak, just like Chris Curtis. And Brendan Allen, like I said, he's been taking a lot of fights, the 25-year-old against the 34-year-old. But Brendan Allen is a seasoned fighter now. He's been taking all these fights. He's been fighting these bigger names. He's getting Chris Curtis after a massive win. Come from behind win against Phil Hawes. Uh, I like what Sanford MMA has done, and I like the track they put Brendan Allen on. I like Syndicate MMA where Chris Curtis fights out of the gym he fights out of. Um, so these are two great associations battling each other. Uh, putting the, putting two of their best products out there in the octagon. I like Brendan Allen in this fight. I think he submits Chris Curtis. I think it happens early. Round one. A little bit bold. But I'm going I'm to be a little bit bold. Fortune favors the bold. I'm going to be a little bit bold here. I think that first round spells disaster for Chris Curtis. Um, he's a slow starter. He's in a spot with a guy who likes to start quick and who's going to be attacking. Chris Curtis takes a lot of damage. Brennan Allen's going to want to set up a lot of a lot of uh, fakes and be able to secure a takedown. I think he, I think he will. And I, I think from there it's going to be submission time. I think it happens in the first round because I think it's all in, all in for the first round. 
Um, and I, I'm all in for the first round. Brennan Allen, submission first round is my pick. Um, now, when you go to the books, you're not going to get much value on taking Brennan Allen straight up at minus 345. It's not worth it. The total set at over one and a half. Uh, the under has great value at plus 160. I wouldn't be mad at you. Like I said, I think it's over in the first round. But I think it's over by submission. So maybe, you know, you don't take a bet there because I don't personally favor a bet. I just think that the under, if I would take a, a bet there, that's where I'd be looking. I'd be looking at the rounds. I'd be looking at the under. Um, if you can get it on your book at under two rounds, that's, pl- that's you know, that's pretty good, you know, because it's under one and a half. So maybe if you can find it under two, uh, you play that and maybe you don't get as, as good of a price, but it's still favorable and you still get some plus money. So I like Brennan Allen in that one. I think he's just a more talented fighter. And I think he's more uh, in line in this division right now for, for uh, like, with his momentum. Right now, I think that's carrying him. And I think that he gets into this fight. And I think he has a good game plan and he sticks to it to win. The next fight is the all oh, the legendary, the carpenter, Clay Guida. Versus uh, Leonardo Santos, who struggled against wrestlers as of late. And that crazy record, 36 and 21 from Clay Guida. Leonardo Santos has a lot of fights as well. 18, 4 and 1 in his career. Clay Guida once again comes in as an underdog, plus 160 underdog. Leonardo Santos, minus 190 favorite. Fights out of Nova Yanao. And Clay Guida fighting out of my favorite association, favorite gym, Elevation Fight Team. Oh, this is a 155-pound fight on the main card. Um, I like uh, this fight for a lot of reasons because I think, uh, number one, I, I like that Clay Guida fights out of Illinois, where I'm from. But what I really like is that Clay Guida is still underrated at this point in his career. And we still are all kind of overlooking him when he just showed us in his last fight that he still has it. And uh, he took Marco Madsen, who's on the rise, to his split decision. And he beat Michael Johnson before that. Took Bobby Green to a decision before that. Um, so he's he's back in the game. He's back, you know, where he needs to be. 39 years old doesn't mean anything different. So the Team Alpha Male, uh, you know, the Team Alpha Male product here, right? <clears throat> but it's interesting because... When you look at uh, Clay Guida, he's just got that intensity. Still at this point in his career, I mean, I really like him in this fight to win by decision because, again, he's a, a bit of a pace fighter. Seems like it, it always goes pretty far. Um, but the one thing I really like about Clay is that at this point in his career, he just got nothing to lose. And I really like that in, in this fight. You know, Clay Weed with nothing to lose in a lightweight fight against Leonardo Santos, who struggles against a good grappler. Clay Weed, a pace fighter, can go, you know, the distance. He averages a fight time of 12 minutes and 39 uh, seconds. And Leonardo Santos, 10 minutes and 53 seconds. Uh, Santos, a little bit bigger. Got five-inch reach. 
But I think that's where the wrestling comes in. And I think that's where you see a dirty fight and Clayway to take advantage in the grappling department. Averaging 3.24 takedowns every 15-minute fight uh, with a 38% accuracy. He doesn't get taken down much. He's got 68% uh, defense. And Santos does have an 89% defense, but he struggled against wrestlers like Grant Dawson um, recently. So... You know, personally, I'm going to avoid Santos in this fight. I like Quay Guida. I like the value you get with him at plus 160. My precise pick is Guida by decision. Um, But Guida on the money line is a wonderful bet. It's a wonderful spot because you're getting a legendary UFC fighter who still has it, who still shows you he can have it. I'm pretty sure, you know, when you go to Tapology, they say Elevation Fight Team. And then when you go to Share Dog, they say Team Alpha Male for his association. So that's a little bit um, confusing. You know where do you who the hell does he fight with? But the point the point of it being that he was fighting with one or the other. So now uh, wherever the hell he's with, they got him on the right track, and uh, he he really really competed in that last fight. So I like him to compete in this one and get the actual decision victory this time against Leonardo Santos, who just hasn't shown me um, a, a really good reason to take him in this bout. Now we move on to Jimmy Crew and Jamala Hill. And, uh, you know, it's glad to see Jamala Hill back. But Jimmy Crew is really the brute, you know. Uh, the minus 180 favorite Jimmy Crew taking on Jamala Hill, plus 155, slight underdog. The light heavyweight uh, scrap here. Three five minute rounds. Jimmy Crew. 12 and 2 record. Jamala Hill, 8 and 1 record. You have the 25 year old Jimmy Crute, who's still young in this fight game. And Jamala Hill, 30 year old, who's very young in the fight game. And uh, they're both about the same height. Jamala Hill's got a little bit of an advantage. And then the reach Jamala Hill's 79 inch reach compared to Jimmy Crute's 74 inch reach. But what I really like about Jimmy Crew is bigger opponents haven't slowed him down or stopped him in the past. And he continues to, to be a pressure fighter and uh, apply the pressure to his opponents. And, you know, for all, all those reasons, I really like him in this fight. In a light heavyweight fight where Jamala Hill lost to Paul Craig in that nasty uh, arm break. And we don't know what that's going to look like now. You know what I mean? How does he come back from that? What does that look like? I don't know. Um, I know Anthony Smith walked out there and finished Jimmy Crute very easily. But Anthony Smith's on a roll. So I'm not going to hold that against Jimmy Crute. I think Jimmy Crute bounces back nicely here. And, you know, on the stat line, you got Jamala Hill's landing more strike 7.50 and Jim, to Jimmy Crute's 4.26. And then a striking accuracy of 56% from Jimmy Crute, which is better than Jamala Hill's 52%. But these are two pretty accurate strikers. Strikes absorbed per minute, 2.71 to 3.60. Defense, uh, Jimmy Crute has an advantage, 50% defense uh, against strikes. And uh, Jamala Hill's 45% defense against strikes. The big difference here is the takedowns. You know, Jimmy Crute has an 80% takedown accuracy. You didn't get to see that play out against Anthony Smith, but he averages 4.97 
takedowns in a 15-minute fight. So he's going to continue to apply pressure to Jamal Hill, make him uncomfortable. Like I said, we don't know what that looks like for Jamal Hill, how he comes back after that arm being uh, torn up like that. And it was really nasty the way it was, too. So we just don't know what that look, what does that look like. Um, and Jimmy Crute's a sound fighter. He had to, he had to hiccup against Anthony Smith. I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, he's a very, very, uh, intelligent, uh, fight IQ. You know what I mean? He has, he has a real high fight IQ. He's going to continue to, uh, compete in all his fights. And I think you get a real banger of a fight here. Um, I think that. It's going to be hard for this to go all the way because both of these guys, um, they they want to make a statement after what happened. So I do think that this fight ends, um, I think it ends by submission uh, in the second round. I think Jimmy Crute, get, uh, when he gets a takedown, he tries to lock in a submission on Jamal Hill and, and, and he knows that uh, he was susceptible in his last fight to a submission. So I think Jimmy Crute's going to work on that in this fight and actually try to submit him. I think we're going to be surprised there. So my precise pick for this fight is going to be Jimmy Crute to win by submission in round number two. Um, I think a good prop bet is Jimmy Crute to win by submission um, or Jimmy Crute to win inside the distance. Uh, that would probably be my preference. Jimmy Crute to win inside the distance. So see what your book offers. If it's not plus odds, don't take it. Um, you want to be getting some value here. So make sure it's plus odds, at least at least plus 105. Um, near even's okay, but at least plus 105. So moving on to the next fight. Uh, in our co-main event, Rafael Fizev versus Brad Rydell. And this is going to be a scrap. These are two guys that aren't going to go at it. I think we get three really hard rounds in a lightweight division where guys are known to fly around. So here's uh Rafael Fizev and you got to really give him credit because he's put together a good stretch in the lightweight division. Um, he's averaging 10 minutes and six seconds of fight, five foot eight, 155 pounds, uh, same reach as Rydell, 71 inch reach there. Uh, and he's, just been on a tear winning his last four um and so was Rydell to be fair uh most recently Fizev and Bobby Green went the distance and if Fizev really looked good against Bobby Green we know is good um and then before that Fizev has beat Moicano Diet Mark Dioxys is a vet and uh White so on the other side Brad Rydell um, he's been dominating too, beating Drew Dober um, by unanimous decision, beating Alex Da Silva by uh, unanimous decision, beating Magomed Mustavev by split decision, and beating uh, Jamie Malarkey by uh, unanimous decision. So he's a guy that will be happy to go the distance in a fight, that'll be happy to trade punches and go blow for blow. Uh, with someone who's heavy-handed like Rafael Fizev. Um, I think you see a lot of the same fight scene with Bobby Green, maybe even more action here, maybe more strikes being thrown. Um, Brad Rydell uh, throws 4.75 strikes per minute, opposed to Rafael Fizev's 5.34 strikes per minute. 
Brad Rydell's 53% striking accuracy compared to um, Fizev's 52% striking accuracy. So they're very, very accurate. Throw a lot of strikes. The difference here is Brad Rydell takes less, dam uh, less damage. Uh, 3.18 strikes absorbed per minute with a 54% defense. Opposed to Rafael Fizev's 5.76 strikes absorbed per minute with a 50% defense. So right there, the case is made. The Brad, Brad Rydell, you know, with very, very similar fights, very similar numbers, Brad Rydell is taking less damage in his fights. Then we go look at who's a better grappler uh, through their career, and Brad Rydell has been the better grappler. He's averaging two takedowns every 15 minutes uh, in a fight, and Rafael Fizev is averaging 0 0.59 takedowns. With a 50% accuracy for what that's worth in a 100% takedown defense. But Brad Rydell is a 42% uh, accuracy on takedowns and a 62% accuracy on takedown defense. None of these guys are submission artists. I think you see a, a, a long fight. I think you see these guys, uh, you know, both get rocked at, at points. And I think Brad Rydell gets a finish late in this fight, deep in the, in the waters here. Um, I think Fizev will slow down a little bit in that third round. And if it gets, if we, if this fight does get to that point, I believe it will. But it, it, you know, this is going to be heavy. These are two heavy-handed guys. Um, then I think that Brad Rydell is going to catch him in the third round and in this one. Um, but I like Rydell. I think that, you know, just him straight up as a money line bet. I'm not against, you know at all because he's minus 105 and Rafael Fizev's minus 125 so you're getting really good value with Brad Rydell the rounds the overset at two and a half minus 220 I don't like that the under two and a half plus 180 I'm not I'm not a fan of that either I just like Brad Rydell I think he's gonna have a, a really one of the best fights of his career here this is gonna be one of the fights that uh, he has an opportunity to put himself on the map with and Fizev I think we're all caught up in that fight against Bobby Green, but I want to see. I, I just need to see this fight before I'm sure about him. So let me get Riddell in this one. I think he finishes Fizev because Fizev will leave himself open enough. And uh, worse comes to worse, if Riddell's hurt, we know he can take somebody down. If Fizev's hurt, we know he's not he's not known he's he's not a notorious or infamous wrestler you know so i just don't see i don't see the 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 stats or the case really to make for Fizev here so i'm going to be rolling with Brad Rydell on that one and uh, i like his money line uh minus 105 i have not bid on it yet but that's very enticing so i might have to circle back to that but I really like him to win that fight. My precise pick again, Brad Rydell. KO, T slash TKO in round number three. Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. Now, Jose Aldo is is really, they're throwing a bucket of water on his fire. Like, he's had a, a good last two fights. He's, he's been strong. They're trying to make up a bunch of stuff to make Rob Font look good. He's a good fighter. He's heavy-handed, but... <clears throat> Jose Aldo's not done yet. We, he's shown us he's not done yet in his last two fights. There's great value here. Plus 125 slight underdog. Rob Font plus uh, minus 145 slight favorite. But these two guys are about the same age. 
Rob Font's 34 years old. Jose Aldo's 35 years old. Jose Aldo with a record of 30 and 7. And Rob Font with a record of 19 and 4. So both these guys are experienced. They have a ton of fights. Um, the 5'8", Rob Font, taking on Jose Aldo's 5'7". Rob Font's got the 71 and a half inch reach to Jose Aldo's 70 inch reach. And this is a good main event. A five round, five minute round fight. And uh, the public is split on this one. Personally, I like Aldo. I think Aldo has the better hands. I think he's the he's more tactical striker. I think he's the, got the better pace. And I think he's better equipped to handle Rob Font than Rob Font is to handle Jose Aldo's attack. Rob Font, uh, you know, and Jose Aldo are not scared to go deep in the waters. Rob Font averages 10 minutes and 26 seconds in uh, a fight time. And Jose Aldo averages 13 minutes and 46 seconds in a fight. So they're both pushing into that second round. Jose Aldo pushing into that third round. Um, and pushing Both these guys pushing past the second round. Averaging out. Uh, about the same height. Both come in at, you know, at the same weight. They both make their way and do what they need to do on that end. But uh, the reach is pretty similar. Rob Font with a one-inch reach advantage is not much. It's not going to change much there. Um you get around four, five, six, then it's a then it's a big difference. Uh, strikes landed per minute, five point five eight strikes landed per minute from Rob Font, three point six three strikes landed per minute from Jose Aldo. But Jose Aldo has a little bit better accuracy, forty five percent accuracy, while Rob Font's forty three percent accuracy. Um, strikes absorbed per minute, Jose Aldo three point five nine strikes absorbed per minute, opposed to Rob Font's three point five seven. So you can see that everything's pretty even on these guys. The defense, both of them have 61% defense, which is pretty freaky. Rob Font, 1.20 uh, takedowns uh, per 15-minute fight. You know, he's he's been impressive. He's been on a good run. Um, and he's got a 53% takedown defense. But look at Jose Aldo with a 91% takedown defense. It's hard to take this guy down. Um, neither one of these guys want to lock up a submission. They want to they battle it out. Little bit of little bit of, of a brawl sometimes, but they really want to duke it out. Um, the takedown accuracy for Jose Aldo is fifty six percent when he does attempt to take down. Um, so that's not bad either. If he gets stung in this fight, because I think Rob Font's going to be coming with a lot of power, but I think that he's because he puts out so much volume in a fight against Jose Aldo, who we've seen him you know, in wars, like just in complete wars. I'm comfortable with Jose Aldo in this fight. I think he wins by KO slash TKO round three. That's my precise pick for this fight. I think it's done in the third round. I think if it goes farther than that, I still like Aldo. But, uh, you know, Aldo, uh, right here, I'm seeing him at plus 115. What great value. Um, it's going to be harder to get better than that on this card. Uh, it really, really is. So, we've talked about all the fights today from the prelims to the main event. Um, check on oddmanout.ninja. We're going to have uh, NBA pickup, NHL pickup, uh, NCAA football. Going to have that pickup as well. And we got a big slate of college games tomorrow. I'll have a teaser up t- 
tomorrow for that. This podcast is about to go up. Make sure you, you subscribe to it. Uh, turn on the notifications. Don't forget. Tell your friends. Share with your friends. And ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everybody. Thank you.